and welcome to Escaping Kerberos, the podcast where we rewatch, reminisce, and review everything Doctor Who from 2005 to present. My name is Rich, and I'm joined by someone who's very good at taking six dicks to the face. It's Amy. Six? What? Yeah. Where did that come from? Go, work it out. Go on. Six dicks. We just to watched the face. Daleks in Manhattan and Evolution of the Daleks. Six dicks to the face. Six dicks to the face. You know this. Do I? What in this episode, or this two-parter, has taken six dicks to the face? Six dicks to the face. Well, this podcast is going to be an hour long, mainly because we're sitting and waiting for Amy to realise which character has taken six dicks to the face. I'm gonna, I okay, don't know. I'm broadcast on the 21st of April and the 28th of April 2007. This is the first two-parter in Series 3 of Doctor Who, featuring David Tennant as the 10th Doctor and Freeman Regiment as Martha Jones. Amy, six sticks to the face. I'm so confused. The Doctor and Martha find themselves in 1930 in New York during the Great Depression where people from Hooverville are being turned into pig slaves and turns out our favourite dustbins are back again being all ruthless after the events of uh, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday because it's the cult of Scaro back again with Dalek Sec being all weird six dicks to the face are you talking about Dalek Sec? I'm talking about Dalek Sec we get there eventually are you talking about when he absorbs the dude? Are you implying that Mr. Diagoras has six penises? No, I'm no. (laughs) I meant like when he absorbs him, he literally wraps his tentacles around him. Is that not what you're on about? Well, I am referring to Dalek Sec mainly because. But are you talking about the fact that it looks like it has six penises on his? He has six penises on his face, Amy. Right. Okay. Well, I'm very surprised you didn't just go with pig bitch. To be honest. Oh my god! Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) Oh, I suck at this. For anybody not in the know, and Which is by all not of in the you. know, I mean basically all of you except <laughs> our friends who listen. Um, we uh, were once on a, like a Discord evening with our friends. and Was I drunk? I'm assuming and, I was drunk. I don't know. And as me and Rich do, we kind of take the mick out of each other a lot. And I said something to him and in return he called me a pig bitch. <laughs> so now... I kind of go, not go by pig bitch, like he never calls me that. I don't ever call you, but it just, come, whenever life. it comes to a conversation, it's always like, oh yeah, I called you pig bitch that one yeah. time, and now it's but just But I'm quite thing. surprised in the episode about pig slaves that you didn't go with pig bitch. <laughs> I was too busy thinking about Dalek sex, big fat throbbing cocks, <laughs> so. Delicious. <laughs> 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 this podcast has taken Why a turn. Why do we always start we are, on this we level? Are three minutes in, <laughs> and we've taken a goddamn turn. Sorry, um, folks. I've, I've lost. I completely lost my train of thought thinking about. Well, you were talking about the episode plot. Daddy said. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the episode because yes, this is the first Dalek two-parter we have in um, this. Actually, first, uh, first Dalek two-parter. No, it's not the first Dalek two-parter. Not not technically anyway. Um, first two-parter of series three. We've just come from Grid, and funnily enough, Martha and the Doctor are still pretty game to be you know going out and doing stuff together, even after the events of Gridlock, where mm-hmm. you know Martha felt I'd argue for the first time. At least aside from, you know, first time when she's away that this could go badly in Gridlock. Yeah. Because um, Shakespeare Code 
eh, she's kind of convinced it can't happen because she's like the future still happens i'm still mm-hmm. here and the doctor's like even though the doctor's like have you ever seen back to the future <laughs> exactly and obviously gridlock she's stuck on a motorway with a macro beneath her so it's like yeah this may not go down all that well yeah kind um, of uh we don't really get an explanation as to why he kind of decides that she can stick around because in i guess um, perhaps it's after the after he opened up to her maybe at the end of gridlock that there was all this conversation off screen maybe I don't know. Because before he was like, "Oh, one more trip, then go on. I've taken you into the past. Now I'll take you into the future." And then it's all of just suddenly. Let's just go like, to maybe, maybe actually. Carry you know on. What? Since since the first thing she says is like, "Ah, oh, you know, thank goodness it's not the new new one. It's the it's the OG." Maybe that was maybe that was what uh, he offered to be nice. You know, let's go to OG New York, not New oh, New York. Oh, I see. I see. Um, yeah, yeah. And let's go and see it at a time when New York arguably wasn't all that great. So I mean, I guess that was an interesting. Well, so well, actually, isn't that great? Yeah, I <laughs> they've mean, just come out of World War One for crying out loud. Like. I mean, actually, uh, because the Doctor didn't know where, or sorry, when they were, assumedly, the Doctor said New York, and the TARDIS took them to New York. New York. <laughs> At some point in time, could sure. this have been? Could this have been the TARDIS knowing where to take the Doctor? Probably. Well, I mean, That's it a, is slightly sentient, isn't it? That, so is, alluded, that is alluded to the Doctor's A lot of the time, wife, I kind so. of assume that when they end up places, it's because the TARDIS has sensed that there's some sort of danger or something that the Doctor needs to, like, partake in. Partake in? Oh, well, Doctor, people, not, people are is dying. Is that not grammar? Go, go play with the dying lot, says the TARDIS. No, I don't. Wow. I mean, not that was mean. You took my words and you spun them. That was horrible. I did, because I'm the worst. How dare you? Yeah. So You know what I meant. I did, I did. Rude. So for, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this out of the way straight away, because this is kind of um this was an episode or a two parter, I should say, a story is the is the correct terminology. Where people weren't all that happy with this episode based on where things go with you know six dick sec he's here why is why have you made that thing (laughs) the number of times i made face penises joke jokes during my time at who culture mentioning dalek sec which is probably only like once or twice but face penises it's never not going to be face penises um it wasn't always that brilliantly received if i remember rightly i i don't remember how i felt when i first watched this I, I mean, I would say, no, more than likely, I was excited. Well, Do you yeah, know why? Daleks in it. There are Daleks in it, so I'm, of yep. course I'm going to be game for it. Um, but uh, the pigs, like, it's it's the first time that an enemy so serious as the Daleks, I would argue, mm-hmm. had been given a little more of an interesting... Uh, it's an interesting, a different um, scenario to be in, and yeah. a weird supporting cast. So, like pig slaves. Yeah, it it's seems like, a bit. Okay. I always think this when I watch this episode because I was talking about this one in the last episode when we spoke about the upcoming trailer for this ep- these like pair of episodes, and I said like it seems really odd that in the trailer and in kind of like the first half of the first episode, I guess, that they play off the pig slaves to almost be the villain of the week. Um, And I feel like maybe they should have stuck with that route 
for the trailer as a whole because I know I've talked about it, but I feel like met, like bringing the Daleks in so like presently in the trailer ruined the surprise of them being the masters in this episode like you kind yeah. of wanted that secret reveal and the Dalek imagery of the circle on the lift to be like oh my god it's the Daleks what a shock like I thought the pig people were the sort of main villain of the episode like what do the pig people have to do with this and I feel like it probably would have transpired a little bit more um, sequentially rather than it just being oh it's another Dalek story that we're looking at next week and then when you look get to the episode and you're like oh where are the Daleks and it's kind of a little bit of that weird in between state where I wish they'd gone one way with it and surprised you rather than you know yeah because the I can understand the idea of the pigmen but then at the same time I also question when have Daleks ever used slaves like ever well I mean I don't know classic who so I can't speak for all of classic who I'm sure somebody in the comments or like on the- overt sort of mindless slaves uh you can go back to 1966 um with the ro- no not 1966 what's about 1964 they would have not left it three years 1964 uh in the Dalek invasion of earth with the robomen that were mindless drone humans that could do 1964 yes when did doctor who start 1963 oh so it was literally one year after they started i mean i've I've, i don't know why 1966 came to mind it's definitely 19 it's it's definitely 1964 because 1966 um, is the world cup shut up uh 1964 because immediately like Obviously, the Daleks blew up in popularity. Dalek Mania in nineteen sixty in late nineteen sixty three. Um, it was gonna be uh, they were gonna be back pretty sharpish, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty certain. I'm, I'm pretty pretty certain it was nineteen sixty four. But now I've now I've questioned myself. I need to double check. Sorry, I questioned you. And nah, we no, 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 sure. it's okay. Where are my Daleks? I just like to know that we've got the facts right because you know that there will be a listener that will be like, no, 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 you got it wrong. Not in a bad way. You did it wrong, you dumbass. Like, you know. If we're wrong, then apologies. We're only human. Nah, it's not. I'm like, pretty certain it's 1964. Uh... In which case, then I'll shut up because clearly uh, my lack of knowledge is showing. Um, yeah, but yeah, they had Robomen back in back in the uh, the 60s. 1964. Right. I am correct. Uh, okay, well, 1964. So they had they had they had slaves back in 1964. Um, okay, so it's not a new concept, but no, it's just one not that we've not seen. And they've worked with humans in the past in, Re- in Revelation, not Revelation, Resurrection of the Daleks. They had a whole Dalek human <laughs> human army of, of Dalek soldiers. And Davros is like, bitch, what? Why do you have human <laughs> soldiers doing or, or, what? Mm-hmm. That's so peculiar. Um, so, and then, you know, they, they have uh, like Bracewell in, I know he's not actually human, but like, the, the, in Victory of the Daleks, the World War Two episode of Churchill, Bracewell. Oh, the, oh, Matt Smith's. Bracewell is a uh-huh. bomb. You know yeah, they have know. They, they 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 they've done this sort of thing before. They've had they've they had have, yeah. cronies that aren't necessarily Dalek looking. So it's not mm-hmm. anything new. I think it's more the fact that they're pigs that just makes it seem so strange. Yeah. Like I mean, why? Is what that the... is that an alleg- Is that like a, a reference an... to to New York in nineteen thirty? 
Not a clue. I, I, of some description? Absolutely not a clue. I, I, I yeah, have no just, idea. I feel like the pig thing was probably more just kind of the cast and... Not the cast. Start that one again. The crew, like directors, producers, all that, were just kind of sat there going... What animal has shock factor? And they were like, hmm. <laughs> what animal an haven't we ball? anthropomorphized yet? Like, mm. Mm, what about pigs? piggies? I mean, they're more like boars than pigs, I would argue, eh. because they've got pig ears, but they kind of their mouths are more like boarish. I think. I, I think it's but, just. I think it's because if you showed that to a kid, they'd say pig, not boar. So that's probably yeah, why they went for that terminology. But, and um, and also, I mean, speaking of the pig slaves, the makeup. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you can sort of see where the chunkiness of the mask around the neck sort of goes into the body and how it's obviously not as thick, but then they are supposed to just be like pig heads on human bodies, I guess, aren't they really? Maybe? But I honestly don't really know how the whole situation works. <laughs> I just thought they looked really good. I mean, even Laszlo's you know, half converted i actually think laszlo's is the best one like there's there's shots when it's quite close up on him and you know yeah you can see the uh you can see the movement of his normal lip normal bottom Mm -hmm. lip beneath his prosthetic lip i'm assuming his prosthetic he hasn't got a thing wedged in like he hasn't got his little teeth like wedged in his mouth that would would be very difficult to act with um but it's like like on his cheeks like all of the the pores of the of the of the latex skin unless there's unless it doesn't go out that far in which case, fair enough. But like, it looks maybe it looks really good for for two thousand and seven. Yeah, I mean, I when, think it was they well, definitely I mean, then, put then the again, effort into it. You've got the cat people in Gridlock, and then mm. the year before, and you were, you know, they were pretty damn good. But then so, we always know that Doctor Who does its physical effects far better than it does its like visual effects. Yeah, most of the time. But yes, well, these, but you know, what the, I mean, the, like, for the sake of the, the budget, the, the, the hero, the hero on... props. Yeah. Because there's that same there's that same pig you see a lot, which is the hero mm-hmm. pig. So that's the one that they put the most detail in. So they can do all the close ups. Is the one at the front mm-hmm. of the elevator at the end, and yeah, is the one Hence that pops up right into the, the, yeah. right into frame when they're attacking Hooverville. It's like yeah, that's the hero one. And there's all the ones with just like mm-hmm. the half ass makeup in the back, kind of the same with like Ood. Hence why they're all in darkly lit corridors and yes. dark spaces where you can't see them very well. And. I love the the thing I love about this episode is it's so blatantly not set that they haven't gone to New York to oh, film. Oh yeah, I said that like, straight away. I mean, it's like Central Angels, Park, Angels Take Manhattan. They're in New York when they're doing that. I'm, I'm, budget. I'm pretty certain <laughs> they're in New York for filming that. I might be wrong, but I think they were I because be this is this is 2000, what 2012, 2013. They have the budget to go. I was going to say Doctor, Doctor Who Doctor has exploded, so yeah. they have the ability to do that. But it's like. Stood in front. Stood in front of a wall. Oh, this is the base of Statue of Liberty. Oh, is it? Oh, turn around. Yep. There's a there's a reverse shot of the Statue of Liberty. That's definitely uh-huh. the Statue of Liberty. There's the green screen in the background of um, 1930s New York. And then here's the uh, the very very clear map painting buildings in the middle of a park in Cardiff to be mm-hmm. Central Park. But it's one of those things. Suspension of disbelief. You just you kind of go along with it. Yeah, I because mean, the, it's you not don't horrible. expect Doctor Who to be so precise with these things Mm. like if they can make a quarry look like a planet they can make cardiff look like new york because sometimes there are there are architectural beats that could pass off as somewhere else do you remember in newcastle there was Mm -hmm. that little uh 
um, Greasy Spoon Cafe. Yeah. Beneath the Tyne Bridge. Yeah, right when on you... the like right behind like where the Premier Inn and stuff was. Yeah. There's a there was a point I went there with my mum and dad a couple of years ago, and we were sat in this 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 Greasy Spoon having a full English, so it's very much not you know New York food. <laughs> but it's like the architecture around there and being beneath the base of a big ass bridge, like. I would argue if you went re- if you didn't realize that it was Newcastle because you knew Newcastle, you could almost pass something like that off for an American city based on its architecture. Yeah, I, I mean, know that you don't necessarily have that in this episode, and you, I mean, you don't have that in this episode, but you could, but you then, could still pass off. Considering how like little the episode actually needed to be in New York, like this yeah. episode could have happened anywhere. The only reason it basically happened in New York was so that they could make a joke about going to old New York instead of new New York. Yeah. And um, so that they could use the Empire State Building as, like, yeah. the backdrop for... It's like they the could have easily... Strike. They could have easily made it just Big Ben and done it mm-hmm. in Britain. Yeah. But then, but, you know, the, the setting of the Great Depression and finding people to be taken away to be turned into pigmen and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. That, that yeah, could have it been just anywhere. works. I mean, like you said, suspension of disbelief. I feel like that's kind of part of the charm of this era of Doctor Who is that they don't, because they don't have the budget, you just kind of, I mean, as kids, you just accept it anyway because you're so enveloped in the story and just how everything sort of is going for the main characters. You don't really put too much attention into the fact that they're probably just in the middle of a random park. Yeah. Um, but as adults i kind of don't really like it's noticeable for maybe a shot when like you said when you're looking over the um hooverville in the park and you've got the skyline of new york in the background and you kind of look at it and you're like yeah that's definitely just a painting that's been superimposed it's a, yeah and, it's a matte painting but you also only see it for maybe like i don't know 3 or 4 seconds and it's really not that important because then you straight into the action of it anyway and then to, for for the most part apart from when they're at the top of the empire state building you don't really see the skyline of new york anyway so no like doesn't really matter i mean most of the time they're literally in the sewers in this episode for christ's and sake that's one of the clever things about it is the fact that you've got hooverville in central park which is a park you have some grass mm-hmm. and some trees it's central park look yeah. i'm stood in i'm stood in a in a bush next to the a45 I'm in Central Park. <laughs> if you can't see the road, I'm in Central Park. And then, yeah, you've got the sewer, you've got the inside of um, the... You've got the, the that one floor of the Empire State Building, you've got the roof, and then you've got the laboratory downstairs. Mm-hmm. That's And the theatre, that's it. Um, I love the blatant shots of the theatre being empty in front of uh, Tallulah when she's first singing. And then there's that one very quick shot of, look, the front row has some people in it, uh-huh. therefore there's people in it. And then for some reason, like... The upper circle, there's David Tennant like scanning a Dalek blob and like, no one's up there. And it's yeah, like, he's literally just empty. I mean, they again, clearly you could, didn't you could, have a very popular show. You could read, I mean, it could be because it's like you read into it's it the, and you think, oh, it's the depression, not everyone the can afford depression, to go to the theatre. So, yeah. Probably. Yeah, that's reading into it a bit too much. But um, Helen Rayner wrote this episode and was the first woman to write a televised Dalek story. Oh. And the first woman to write for a uh, story for the Revived series, too. Good for you, Helen Rayner. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, uh, Stephen Moffat was set to write this, the two parts of the series, but then he didn't. And then he ended up writing, you know, that episode in series three a bit later on in the series that we'll get to. 
Come on, Amy. Uh, Stephen Moffat, Series 3, the big one. Why do I not remember? I'm putting you on the spot here. I, now, this is, this is My not... My knowledge of Doctor Who is, is nowhere near as good as yours. No, no, no. This is not a, this is not a case of not you not knowing Doctor Who, because Amy does know Doctor Who. This is me putting Amy on the spot. And, you know, you could be the cleverest person in the world. You get put on the spot about something, you can panic. Blink. I always freak out. Oh, Blink's this series. Blink is this series. Of course it series. is. Of course it is. But it's Doctor I'm not going to lie. I always forget that Moffat wrote Blink. And that Martha's in it, because she's in it for like two scenes. Yeah, like The Doctor's in it for like two scenes, but you don't really forget the, the which Doctor does an episode, but you can mm-hmm. forget which companion. I mean, uh, I knew happen. it was David, obviously, that does Blink. Yeah. But, but yeah, he was going yeah. to write this, but he didn't, so Helen Rayner got it instead. And so, yeah, as I was saying earlier... The fact that this is an episode that supposedly people didn't like, it's been a it's been a good while since I've watched um, mm. Daleks in Manhattan, and as said, I don't remember how I felt about it when I first saw it. Well, Daleks I mean, second is, in its human I. form didn't scare me. I remember no, I, that much. The Daleks it's a bit still comical, scared me. isn't it? But that's the thing; it plays up to the comical side of the, the almost comical side of the pig slays because mm. they they do they do look a bit funny, they do run a bit funny. Uh, you don't unless you're a, probably a really young kid, you probably wouldn't find them all that scary. Maybe that's just me, but like there was that inherent pig stuff and weird looking Dalek bro that it it did for some people it detracted from. Yeah, it kind of breaks the suspension of disbelief a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think similar to how things are nowadays, you know, we might look back at what's happened in the most recent series is, 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 and, and think, why do we get so up in arms about that? Because nothing came of it. It's the same with Dalek Set, because I remember it being the case of like, why have they made him human? What the hell? Is this what we're going to get from here on out? It's like the Paradigm Daleks. People were like, don't like Are they the ones that I call Power Rangers? The Power Ranger Daleks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this was is this what we're getting going forward and i think that was i now obviously with with how things went in this episode that was definitely not the plan with dalek sec the paradigm daleks no. which we'll get to series get to in series five that's a little bit different but um dalek sec was never never meant to stick going forward so with people getting all up in arms about it it's like it, w- looking back at it watching it again there are a lot of things about this episode i do really like uh-huh. but as you were saying um yeah, I can sort of see where you're coming from because obviously at the time of watching it, we had no idea what the future of Doctor Who was going to be. Obviously watching it now, we have hindsight and we know exactly what the future of Doctor Who evolves into. So I can understand why people were very like, oh, what the hell are you doing to the Daleks? Like, how dare you kind of write this? But I think it's a really, really interesting exploration of the Dalek race because you've got yes. literally like the four most intelligent Daleks as they're, I don't know, meant to be, who escaped the time war via emergency temporal shift or whatever it was they called it. Um, And it's like I said to you, when they're talking to, what was the guy's name? I literally, Dragal or Darigal or whatever his name was. Diagoras. Diagoras, that's the one, I'm sorry. Diagonally. Diagonally. I'm bad at remembering (laughs) names. Um, when Di- Diagoras, is that what you Diagoras. just said? Lol. Yes. Um, <laughs> when Diagoras gets into the conversation with uh, whichever Dalek is that's speaking to him and they get out the lift and 
the Dalek says, Daleks have, he says, don't worry, it'll be done in time. And the Dalek says, Daleks have no concept of worry. And I was saying to you that I think it's very, very interesting concept to try and write a Dalek because emotions are so complex for humans. Like there's literally no way you can ever know the the true full extent of your emotions. You could like, there's such a spectrum of what we feel that, to pinpoint that a Dalek doesn't have worry is actually almost impossible to make a reality because you said the Daleks only fear two things, which was failure and the Doctor. Is that what you said? Yeah. But the concept of fear obviously plays into the fact that to be fearful of something, you have to have the emotional intelligence to understand that that fear comes from a place of concern and concern equals worry. So the fact that they can experience fear in some respect means that they obviously do have a concept of worry. So it's very hard to sort of pinpoint the fact that the Daleks don't experience any emotions because they clearly do. I mean, you saw that when the prime example of this is when Dalek first emerges out of his transformation and he stands up all of the Daleks back away from him like a foot or two and that is clearly an element of shock which is again like another emotion that Daleks claim they don't have because they're purely bred with just hatred and they don't have fear they don't have this they don't have that all sorts of so I can understand why this is a really like um what's the word I'm looking for not extreme, but why this is a really exciting concept to explore with the Daleks, because you've got this mergence of Dalek versus human in the same body and sharing the same mind space. And is it is it I think it's Dalek sect that says something about um the Dalek the sorry, the human race have so much is it he says something like passion and ambition and war and hatred and stuff like that yes. or something like that he um, thinks humanity is the humanity is there for war basically uh-huh. which is when he first emerges but you see that ideal scenario downplay very very quickly in his like progress throughout the episode when he realizes then that actually war and hatred is not the primary sort of feeling feeling of the human race and as he says to them if you when he's like on the stage in handcuffs he says if you search for death and destruction death and destruction will find you and whatever and i think he like him as a character and this idea of like the human and the dialing emergence really really works as a concept because it really nails down the fact that daleks not having emotions is a completely negative uh, it puts them on the back foot, basically. Like he said, you will always lose. Is it? Did he say something like that? You'll always lose. Yeah, something, like those lines, or something yeah. like that. Which I think is true because um, humans really have this ability to process their emotions. And yeah, okay, you get like some humans that genuinely are hell bent on God knows whatever. But to have purely no emotion whatsoever, I think really, really does put the Daleks on a back foot because all they can see is murder and hatred. And yeah, okay, they are like probably the most dangerous killing machines in the universe. But 
I, I, I think it's really interesting. I think what, because I don't know where the concept came from. Maybe her and Russell came up with it together or maybe it was purely her concept on her own. I don't know. But whoever came up with the concept of exploring what would happen to a Dalek if they had emotions. I mean, I think that's been explored in different ways throughout Doctor Who. I think there's one point when a Dalek develops emotions or something and they say yeah, something Dalek. like... Yeah, Dalek. Yeah, that is Dalek, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously it's been touched upon about how they can evolve and learn and stuff. But then you get the Dalek sort of coming back at him in this one with I the two Daleks bitching in the sewer. I adored that bit. That scene where they both like spin around to look if anyone's listening and then they're like affirmative. Yeah. It's like <laughs> made me really laugh. It's like, oh, water cooler gossip in the office, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, around the Dalek juice. But you get really like you get that really interesting concept of how they pretend to be obeying him and how they then sort of come back fighting against him and I just think it's really interesting. I personally don't dislike this episode. I think there are some elements of it that yeah maybe could be slightly different, like the pig slaves and bits and pieces. I think like it. That, I but... think it literally is just the the. Uh... <sighs> The, the production, the way it's presented, you know, mm-hmm. Tallulah as a character, she's very... Irritating. Irritating. She's very exaggerated. Uh-huh. And I can't ever see this episode without thinking of this one guy I used to go to school with who would just constantly say, what do you mean creatures? All the time. And it's just like, I... I what, like quoting the episode? Quoting the episode, oh. yeah. And it would just get to that point in that episode. I'm like, oh no, here it comes. Yeah, hello, mate. Yeah, I remember you from school. Thank yeah, that's the one line from Doctor Who you only ever quoted. Cool, bro, thanks. But yes, yeah, so you've got him. Uh, sorry, you've got her, I should say. Um, you've got um, Laszlo, who is... It's not... I'd argue that Laszlo is is less comedic than the actual full-on pig slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got the pig slaves, and then you've got Dalek Sec. But yeah, conceptually, it's a really interesting position to be in, because... As you know, I've, I'm a huge fan of of Dalek, internal Dalek turmoil, mm-hmm. Dalek civil wars. And it's like, this could have gone, if, if it weren't to be implied that these were the last four Daleks in existence, of course we know they're not. Yeah. They never are. Um, but then, then are they not this because Dalek Khan goes off or are they not because they're just not? They're not because they're just not. Right, yeah, um, because it's Daleks, isn't it? Because it's Daleks, yeah, exactly. We thought we thought all the Daleks died in the end of Flux, but no, they didn't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it Sorry, could have gone that, that, that Dalek Sec became this this ruler and, like, one of these Daleks went, actually, do you know what? I'm going to stick with him. I think mm. he's right. I go off with him, and then the other th- the other two would go off, and we'd get the re-emergence of a Dalek Civil War. Basically, I really want another Dalek Civil War. I can tell. Because Revolution of the Daleks was almost kind of a Dalek Civil War, but it didn't, it didn't really break out. Let's hope, painful. let's hope that Russell does us a service and creates a Dalek Russell, Civil War. Russell, if you're listening, you know, you know I love Russell, you already. Russell, my man, my can boy. You bring, can you bring Davros back with his own fleet of white and gold Daleks? Isn't Davros just... gone? Yeah, Dav- Davros is never gone, is he? Same as the Daleks, Davros is never gone. Um, you'd assume that he got out from the, uh, from the end of Soul and Earth and Journey's End, but alas... Uh, you thought he wouldn't get out, sorry, but alas, he got yeah. out. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, but instead we have that that inner Dalek turmoil and it's it's really interesting to see Dalek sex character change. Obviously mm-hmm. going, looking back at it, 
Like, it seems completely obvious that it would be the case. Maybe when we yeah. watched it for the first time, that maybe it wouldn't be, but it just seems... Because obviously, the because Dalek Sek mentions emotion, like, immediately, as soon as he emerges from the casing mm-hmm. as human Dalek Sek, he immediately mentions emotion. He only mentions it in a negative aspect in terms of war but and he stuff, knows but he still there. mentions emotion. And... The thing I find interesting, which I, we'll get to the Doctor in a minute, is the fact that you know the Doctor reacts purely to a Dalek. He is still, as far as he is aware, looking at a Dalek, but we'll get to mm-hmm. him in a minute. But as you say, yeah, the other Daleks start questioning, and you know, the Daleks say, <laughs> we are, we are, we're bred to receive orders. We receive, Dalek sex says, jump, and we ask how high, you know. That's how dark. No, they don't work. ask how high because they don't ask questions. They just jump. They just jump. <laughs> <laughs> they jump until Dalek sex tells them to stop. Um, Hopping Daleks just around the. But building. I, I really did. I really do enjoy and like watching back at this. Just how much they tur- They just show the Daleks, the other Daleks, looking at each other. And it's amazing how mm. when Dalek sex is first has first emerged and the Doctor's talking to him about emotion and and he's saying. Like, because he starts saying about emotion, about how it's all negative and war and blah. And the doctor's like, no, you can't be like that. And then he goes on another bit of a tangent. And it starts to sound a little bit lighter, not massively, but a little bit. And then it's amazing how these two Daleks just can turn their heads and look at each other. And you know exactly what they're thinking. Like, Mm -hmm. it's almost as if they're actually emitting emotion. They're both looking at each other like, the hell's this guy on? Yeah. Like, what is this guy talking about? And I love that they keep pushing into that and that's what Mm -hmm. makes Dalek so interesting especially in the modern era as you say it's hard to have a Dalek be completely emotionless because they are they they do have a lot of emotion they have a lot of hate that is what you know that is the the layman's term for a Dalek it's a a bubbling lump of hate inside a metal Mm. casing but there's also um there's passion yeah for what they do there is loyalty to who they are there's so much more than that and of course yes there is fear, and with mm. fear comes worry. But I think they're so hardwired that anyone says it's not human, don't worry. Daleks are not allowed. Daleks are not human. Daleks do not worry. It's just mm. it's, it's hardwired, uh-huh. and I think that really blunt um, language is obviously what makes the Daleks so popular. Um, and also, just to skip forward a good what fifteen years to fifteen years, fourteen years. Um, to series thirteen, with how the Sontarans were brought back and how they were so blunt and dark in mm. their in their dialogue, and it made them so good. And yet, the most recent Dalek story, the most recent episode of Doctor Who, some of the Dalek dialogue felt a bit strange and a mm. bit more human, not as much human, but just not Dalek. And it's not just very a bit well weird. written. Is the word mm. you're looking for there? It's a well, dialogue this is, issue. That's this is not, kind that's of what I was going to say because during this episode, there was one point when I was sat there thinking, "This dialogue is incredible." Like I was sat there listening to the Doctor speaking to the Daleks and Dalek Sec and having this conversation about feelings and emotion, and I was thinking, "This is just. This sounds exactly like the kind of conversation." you would expect to hear like it sounds very on point very like key points to the point but also very natural and I was thinking it it takes real skill to write the way um what did you say her name was Helen Helen Rayner Helen Rayner it takes real skill to write the way that she's written this episode because it just flows so naturally and all the things that Dalek Sek talks about and 
kind of discovers as he's becoming more human is just so like poignant and it 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 i genuinely sat there and i was like god we haven't seen writing in doctor who like this for a bloody long time and it's yeah and also the fact that just everyone's moving around the doctor's yeah. there explaining stuff and doing stuff but there's they're moving he's moving uh-huh and also and that's what we don't have anymore what real peril can feel like because when the doctor's at the top of the empire state building like trying to get the things off and they're trying to figure out a way to, to defeat the pig bank coming up in the lift you genuinely feel that sense of foreboding like are they actually going to get out of this like how are they going to manage this and survive this and when the doctor drops his sonic you're like oh my god how is how on earth is he gonna manage this and it really felt like the time was ticking which yeah. again is something we haven't really experienced in doctor who for a while is a sense of real peril and it felt like I was actually, although I knew the outcome of this episode, I've watched it. You know, several... I mean, even if you even if you do, hadn't seen this episode before, it's it's you know that they're gonna obviously they're gonna survive. do it somehow. Yeah, but it really does kind of make you wonder who's gonna survive and how they're gonna do it. Um, and yeah, it's it's props to Helen Rayner for writing this episode because I think she did it magnificently and yeah okay there's always bits of dialogue here and there that are a little bit patchy um but I think she nailed the characters as well because obviously Russell would have had overarching input on the doctor and how he would kind of respond to things and so on and so forth but to be able to write a character like Solomon and to be able to write a character like Frank and uh, and just like genuine sort of people that you actually believe would exist and you is quite about. hard yeah exactly like i actually give a damn about these people it's sad um, knowing that solomon dies like that mm-hmm. whole speech and that immediate exterminate response and that the way that he dies like staring into the the eyes of a dalek and mm-hmm. and how he and his scream it's it's harrowing like, it, again, you know me, I love my stories that don't need to, to put in five million Daleks to make them feel scary. If they can mm-hmm. do it with four, or in this case, two, yeah, then, you know, all the better for it. And yeah, mm-hmm. Tallulah, like I said, Tallulah is a, a, a sometimes irritating character. She's not she's not the kind of character that you groan at every time she comes upon no. screen. But she is, she's more of a caricature and she has been overplayed, but that is part of her character and it's not so infuriating that it just doesn't work Mm. i think she's not overused that's the key point because she's not in this for a good chunk of the two-parter like there's a huge portion where she's just not relevant excuse me um (laughs) where she's just not relevant and i think that's why you don't get so aggravated with her all the time because yeah okay she's this huge new york new york kind of like huh. caricature and whatever but to be fair that's how a lot of accents were back in the 30s you know there were and she was clearly a i want to say not flapper girl but they have just come out of the 20s so that kind of era we're talking about um and it was a point when you know women were allowed to be much more sort of explorative with what they wore and how they dressed and their makeup choices and how they presented themselves. And so I think she is a slight over-exaggeration of that response. Not response. What's the word I'm looking for? Of that 
um, persona. That's the word I'm looking for. I don't know why I said response. That was a bit of a weird brain fart. <laughs> um, she's obviously a caricature of that kind of persona, but I think it's just to kind of, in a way, just kind of pinpoint the era that they're in because the only other people that we really hear with that accent is whatever his name is, diagonally, I'm just going to call him. Diagonous. Um, that's yeah. the one. Um, he's the and only other one. Frank from Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. So you've got a mishmash of accents here, there, and everywhere. And so, yeah, she's not fully irritating that I think I wish the episode didn't have her in it. And I think she's also, um, she's also meant to be there as kind of the um, catalyst for the audience in a way, because obviously ordinarily the doctor has to have someone to explain things to and in this episode him and martha are actually separated quite a lot so you don't really get that him explaining things to the companion in this i feel like martha's quite headstrong and actually fends for herself an awful lot of the time because she has to but she works out that they're daleks by herself obviously because the doctor in the last episode has told her all about who the daleks are so she hears the name understands what kind of thing they're facing um Whereas I think Tallulah, with three L's and an H, um, is meant to be the sort of the primary resource for asking all the questions. And she's just meant to be a bit funny and a bit thick because in this instance, you know, I suppose she just is that kind of... (laughs) I mean, she says, you're the smartest guy I ever dated. It's kind of, I feel like that's not a high bar, love. Yeah, that's... (laughs) Yeah, it's always. I always feel like that's just an. That's just her saying. I've dated a lot of guys. Yeah, basically. Um, and speaking of dating, we have another scene I forgot about in the in the building in the second part where Martha's like, oh, you know, the doctor can't see me, and it's like, yep, okay, whatever. We know. Moving on from <laughs> that, but then I'd never clocked that when. Tallulah's like, oh, you got that sharp man in a suit. Oh, very very nice, and she's like, oh no no, we're not we're not together, and she goes, oh. He likes musical theatre, and it's like, and <laughs> there's the archaic stereotype of a gay man. Yeah. Let's go. Why do you think so many people thought I was gay at university? Dance and theatre, baby. Musical theatre. Dance and theatre. To be fair, back in the thirties, like you can kind of expect that that would be how they. That was how it was. You know, because obviously being gay was not ideal. If for a lot of history, I don't exactly, I can't comment on LGBT history because I really don't know it that well. But we probably know that back in 1930s, you didn't really out loud be like, if you I'm were gay. gay. Yeah, didn't get very far, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's so, like when you when, when um, Solomon was giving the whole speech about how we need to take up arms and you were like, where are all the women? It's like, well, they're in mm-hmm. Hooverville. They just won't be the ones being given the guns. Uh-huh. Be basically yeah, as simple yeah. as that. Uh-huh. Like, even an episode written by a woman, they've written, you know, she's written in the main non-companion female character. Still a strong character. She's full of love for Laszlo, irrelevant of who he is. Like, she hasn't turned around and gone, oh, God, ah, runs <laughs> away, and Laszlo gets all sad. Like, she is a strong character. It's just, it's, you know, she's a, a different approach. She's a product of the time. It's like, a product of the time and a different approach to a strong character. But also, uh-huh. yeah, it's that, it's that feeling that we're getting you know this era represented as it was yeah and that's the thing it's a a historical apart from the daleks flying through central park but close but if you're talking about an era of history then you need to be true to that era of history because that's how things probably were and like you said they'd just come out of world war one so 
the men were the fighters. That was, I mean, even in World War II, the men were the fighters. Like, that didn't really change until the suffragettes and all that kind of stuff. But, again, I'm not, I don't know barely anything about history. So That's what comment, works with Doctor but... Who, you know, the, the idea that you can take this a time in history, if you represent it in terms of setting the scene mm-hmm. and do it convincingly, if you're then going to fill it with bug-eyed monsters... At least the it fact that co- the, the the contextual surroundings feel correct, people uh-huh. will go with it. I mean, it's if like you, how if you appeared in a New York that wasn't New New York, that just didn't seem right mm-hmm. because there's just something that doesn't sit well. Even though this is supposed to represent the 1930 that we from history know, mm-hmm. it's not going to land. Yeah, and it's I mean, as simple as that. But again, it's that's like the how, beauty of how they sorry. contextualize it off sort of off screen. Yeah, and then go. Yeah, let's focus on the story now. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's like how they, despite the fact that Solomon is a man of colour, they put him as the leader of the Hooverville area and he very explicitly says to the Doctor, like, it doesn't matter who you are, what your, like, background is or anything like that, like, we will take you here. And I feel like that's very kind of poignant to proving that, you know, once again... Doctor Who really does know its stuff and touches on things that it needs to touch upon, but does it well. And at the end of the day, if that exact those exact words were broadcast today, you'd have all these people up in arms about it being too woke and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, um, speaking back to Dalek Sec, something I noticed um, during this episode uh, is that when the, the the whole plan is revealed and Dalek Sec is like, yo, we can get the Doctor to help us to help this help our plan actually happen, and the Daleks mm-hmm. are all doing the whole looks at each other. Mm, that's, that's Gives each other the side eye. Yeah, in a bit. Side eye stalk. Um, <laughs> and, the, and when the Doctor says, oh, when's this solar flare coming in? Dalek Sec says 11 minutes. And I'm convinced after, you know, hearing the term later on, that was a deliberate wording choice, dialogue choice, for Dalek Sec to say because that is even more of the human side of his brain you know seeping into his 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 mannerisms his dialogue and stuff because normally Daleks use their own standard of time which is mm-hmm. rels they've been using it since ever and rels are basically seconds. seconds they're exactly the same um but if it were if if Dalek Sec were more Dalek then maybe they would have said it's coming it, the, the solar flare is in 660 rels not mm-hmm. 11 minutes but then later on in the episode the three remaining cult of scarrow quote-unquote pure daleks say this happening in 10 rails 40 so it's rails, like 40 rails yeah 40 rails whatever it's like but the, the fact that there was that that conscious decision to have dalek sex say minutes instead of rails is like there's another thing that if you were watching this for the first time it proves that this as much as obviously all the whole don't kill the doctor don't do this don't do that and all the daleks are like bitch what you know mm-hmm. that already tells you that that uh he's different but also maybe that's just it further reaffirms it probably subconsciously if you know the daleks enough to know or have heard rels as their units of time before that's just something a little bit different mm-hmm. and then regarding dalek sec and the doctor or regarding daleks and the doctor i forgot just how angry tenant gets in this about the daleks still being here because obviously after the after the events of um the doomsday Mm -hmm. he's convinced all the daleks got sucked back into the void we obviously saw dalek sec emergency temporal shift in doomsday we didn't see the other three do that and nor did the doctor so he would just obviously assume that all the cool discara got pulled into the void and jobs are good and that's Mm -hmm. it 
And when he gets all pissy at them being alive again, you know, it's it feels again similar to how it's been in the past and similar to how it was with Eccleston. It feels so genuine seeing yeah. him get angry. Mm-hmm. And when when it comes to the point in part two when the Daleks have just shot down Solomon and the doctor is there saying, Kill me, kill me, do this, like you might think, oh, you know, he knows it's not gonna happen because he knows the Dalek sex is going to stop them because he can he see doesn't. the fact that he's the the the, 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 the human side of Dalek sex is ticking over, but he doesn't know. No, he is genuinely like unlike unlike at the end when he gets the Dalek humans to shoot him, he knows at that point when the Daleks are up in the sky over Hooverville, he is convinced he's going to die. Uh huh. Like that is that is one of those points where you could genuinely think this is him fully accepting that this is his fate. Yeah. To save a bunch of random people that he doesn't know from Death by Dalek because he doesn't want any more people to die from the the, the gun stick of the Dalek. I was going to say I think it's Dalek. very much the raw emotion that he has from, obviously, the... Um, uh, brain. Time War? No. No. What were you just talking about when they get pulled into the void in that? Doomsday. The Canary Wharf. Canary Battle Wharf. Battle of Canary Wharf. That's the one I was trying to think of. Um, I think it's genuinely the raw emotion from the Battle of Canary Wharf because he quite literally hasn't seen the Daleks since that point. No. Yeah. Am I right in saying that? Yes. Okay, great. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so it, it just obviously brings right to the surface all of that regret and emotion and just pure sort of awful awful memory and feeling that he has associated with losing rose and so you can obviously understand why he would be so angry in the fact that he had to lose rose but what was it all for if they survived anyway. Like, what was the entire thing and emotion that he went through losing the one he loved for one of them, to four of them to escape? And I think that's why in this episode, Russell touches upon the whole sequence with Martha and Tallulah where they're discussing it in the Empire State Building. And... She says, like, I feel like he doesn't even think I'm here or whatever. And you can sort of see it in this episode because, yes, because, I mean, quite literally, he's dealing with the monsters that made him lose, like, probably the love of his life, etc., etc. And you just... Martha, get a grip, man. <laughs> like... It is a bit. It's this very is getting. That. This is the point at, in this series where I start losing sympathy for Martha's situation. Not that I ever really had sympathy for Martha's situation, but at the beginning I can kind of understand. But now I'm like, Russell, man, cool. We get it. Like she the likes him, is, he doesn't like her back. Deal the way with it. that it's been the way that it's been framed with Martha, I don't ever think at any point we the audience were supposed to feel for Martha not being seen. Maybe no. for the people who mega mega simp over the doctor that would that would supposedly feel heartbroken when people know that that's not going to happen i mean like yesterday i think it was yeah lando norris was trending on twitter for some reason we were like why is why Why? if you guys didn't know lando norris is an f1 driver it's like why why is he trending on twitter and you click through and you realize oh he's posted a picture of himself 
with his now girlfriend on Instagram. Oh, so everybody's like, oh, I can't believe he's got a girlfriend. That thought that they could be with with Lando Norris. <sighs> I'm getting all pissy about it. It's like, yes, because you had a shot. Mm, like obviously, it, no. It infuriates me. Yeah, I know. It's the same kind of feeling. I don't think at all that that Russell was. Um, ever intending for us to really like properly feel no for for martha's um inability to hit that no i think whereas we're whereas we were very much supposed to feel very very sad about rose Rose. and the doctor being split up like it's it's not the same thing it's it is definitely a deliberate character decision Mm -hmm. no i think he's definitely more exploring the motions of her thought process and her emotional processing going through each of the episodes that leads her up to where she gets to at the end of the series because yeah you know it's it, it's obviously she's going through i mean you know when you've got a mega crush on somebody and that's all it is she's got a mega crush because let's be honest she doesn't bloody love him you've only known him for probably about five days at this point collectively you yeah. probably don't love him do you oh you just oh, he's a bit fit and he saved your life a few times he's a bit fit he's a lot fit um <laughs> he's a he's, lot fit <laughs> grammar <laughs> <laughs> he very beautiful okay um he very sex yes uh yeah exactly that yeah. um and in a suit hmm but anyway boy um yeah, so she's obviously in a bit of lust for him. She's very like, oh, it's so amazing and he saved my life like four or five times by now. Like, you just can't get over a man like that. It's, um, can you, really? Like, this is why I'm sort of like, Martha, shut up. You don't love him. Get over yourself. Stop being a little bitch. If I was there in person, I'd be slapping her going, Martha, wake up, wake up, you stupid little, wake up, you don't love him. Sharp. And then as soon as you convince her that she's not in love with him, she goes, no, no, I'm not. Okay, I'll stop. And then you go, this is my time to strike. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm aware I don't love him. Just want to back. You just, yeah, and That's fine. on that note, let's, let's go to Twitter because <laughs> I got a lot of questions from you lovely people, you lovely Castapodians over on Twitter, at Castapod. And uh, if I are... remember, if wait, I remember, wait, wait. what, what, what? parents. Ah, that's so cute. I think was that was that was it Richard? I think the guy's name. Was? I don't know. Because Somebody called that? us Caster Parents on Twitter. I think it was, like it was Richard. Adorable. If I've remembered your name, it's not hard to forget since my name is also Richard. But if it, I think it was Richard anyway. Mm. Let's go clicking through. But yes, Caster Parents, which is cute. You lovely little Castapodians. Um, yeah, you sent us through some questions on Twitter because if I remember to put a tweet out before we film, before we record this, sorry, um, then you know it's I get lots of questions in from you guys. I know it's good, isn't it? Um, so I'm just honestly I've got no order for these because I mean we leave these till the end as much as there are probably some of these that could have fit quite nicely in the in the sort of order of things we've spoken about. If I edited these podcasts, I could put them in the right order, but I don't edit them ah. because you get you get Amy and I completely raw. Bite the pillow. What can I say, Adam? Uh, so, yeah, uh, Adam asks whether we could see another human and Dalek crossover in the future. He remembers watching this as a nine-year-old and having his mind blown by the idea of a human Dalek. Mm. The closest thing we've had to human Dalek hybrids was in the uh, was series seven, Asylum of the Daleks, when mm-hmm. when it was so weird when people had their eye stalk popping out of their forehead and it was like, yeah, all right, Moff, 
whatever. Was, yeah, Moffat was starting to get a little bit. Um, it was Asylum of the, the Daleks. It was. It with wasn't, that section. It wasn't good, unfortunately. I would say no, be- mainly because it's been explored in in this manner at least there wouldn't be a kind of hybrid crossover like this there might be the opportunity to explore kind of what happens a little bit more like i mean obviously we have davros who is a um, is he like a human dalek no. was he a human what what no. was he he was i think he was i think he's technically a carlad eh carlad What's that? Right, I'm gonna need to. I, I didn't mean, obviously it ha- says Dalek backwards, but like I'm gonna well, have to sit of... you down and make you watch Genesis of the Daleks. I, okay. That's, I I is I just assumed I had at this point in time. Khaled was the race that became the Daleks during the Khaled and Thal War. Were the Thals? No. The Thals, the people that the Daleks were at war with, or the Khaleds no. were at war with, and the Dalek War Machine came of the the Dalek and the Khaled and Thal War. Genesis no. of the Daleks is arguably one of the best, greatest Doctor Who story of all time. Okay. Um, I didn't realise you haven't seen it. No. Well. Sorry. Okay, we're going to sit down and watch that then. You know I've um, not watched barely any classic Who. Apart from lots of Reverence of the Daleks, which, speaking of which, I've got something I will talk about in a minute about regarding that. Um, okay. I've just remembered a, a thing I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of been explored before, the, the idea of a human Dalek thing, but... It, it's been done like this yeah. is this is literally the most explicit way of doing it and i don't think they could do it again i was gonna say are daleks are daleks done using humans for for whatever you know dastardly deeds they have planned no they're always going to be humans present because humans make the tv show mm-hmm. so <laughs> there's always yeah. gonna be like, but there, i don't think there will be a crossover alien. in this kind of extent any like no. again it's been explored it's been done yeah it's been that 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 approach of human emotion plus dalek equals you know disagreements mm-hmm. basically so so that, what it, was your it's, point? it's very much been done what were you it's been done I, I don't think it's gonna happen no 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 oh, what so was your point before we get on to the next question very quickly yeah when the daleks have been killed or at least dalek fey and jast have been killed along with dalek sec and the human dalek hybrid people have been exterminated really want one of those dalek tommy guns why can't i have a dalek tommy gun those are wicked um when the doctor's back in the laboratory and talking to dalek uh, dalek khan it i'd never spotted this but it, it the way the doctor talked and i don't know again on helen rayner's part whether this was a conscious decision how much it mirrors the end of remembrance of the daleks when right at the end of it there's only the renegade supreme dalek left the doctor thinks the Daleks are Dunsky. Mm-hmm. Scarrow's been destroyed thanks to the Hand of Omega. The Renegade Daleks have been blown to smithereens by the Special Weapons Dalek and the Imperial Forces. There's just the um, the, spe- the the uh, the Supreme who chickens out, runs off, and then the Doctor finds him in an alleyway, and the Doctor's there saying to him, Sylvester McCoy's Doctor, saying, "You're the last one left. There's no one else. There's no re- There's no home. There's no planet." Your your um your planet is a burnt cinder surround uh, circling a dead sun, mm-hmm. and the do- and the Dalek just goes mad like it fully just breaks down, spins around and explodes. And I wonder whether the way that the Doctor was talking to Dalek Khan at the end of this was meant to mirror that kind of thing where he thinks you're the last one, like you are the last one. It's a different approach to how nine wanted to kill the quote unquote last Dalek in Dalek with a mm-hmm. big ass gun. And then the 10th Doctor instead is like, 
using psychology. It's over. It's yeah. It's a psychological attack basically, and expected the Dalek to freak out. And you know they got whoever was inside it, Barnaby Edwards or whatever, to shake to make the uh, to make the casing rattle. Mm-hmm. And then he goes temporal shift and just pisses off somewhere. I feel like his the Doctor was trying to make history repeat itself with the the maybe. supposed last one. You never know. Maybe Helen and, was uh, a huge fan of classic Who. Maybe Mate, if that's... I ever write an episode of Doctor Who, I'm putting in so many references to Remembrance of the Daleks as real. I I know if I have a chance to write Doctor Who basically just going to rewrite the thing. <laughs> I know exactly what I would do for an episode of Doctor Who if I had the chance. I'm not Most what people is, who are mega Doctor Who fans know what they would do for an episode of I know Doctor what who. I would do. How I'd flesh it out and make it work as an actual episode, I do not know, but that's something to but work. that's, that's why something, That's you something that all of you lovely Castapodians will see when I'm the showrunner after Rossity Davies 2. Uh, Leon? You'll have to fight off... Uh, Dan Hardcastle for that role. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> da- okay, me and Dan me and Dan will go in together. Sounds well, good. Well, I'll tell you what, we're gonna, we're gonna host a special episode of Escaping Costebras featuring Dan, in case you oh my know, god, nerd, can we? Nerd Cubed. Um a, a content creator that Amy and I just absolutely Yo, love. That would be incredible. I've, I've watched I've watched Nerd Cube for years and Amy's watched him a lot as well. And we're just yeah, come Might just Dan reach it. out to him or Rebecca Dan, on Twitter. If you're and listening just be like, Dan and Rebecca, do you want to come and do a joint episode can of EK? We? Can we just like talk about pick your favourite episode from New Who and we'll talk about it. We'll just jump straight to it. Don't even care. <laughs> do you want to come do you want to come and have a bitch fest about Chibnall? We can do that too. No, because um, that will make him really angry. And we don't want to hear Dan angry. when he gets angry. We will ha- have to bleep out 90% of the episode. I I'll actually you know have that. to either that or I can when I upload it to anchor.fm, I can just say yes, it's an explicit, explicit. episode. Explicit. You out, would kids. have to, because you've not heard the things that he says about Chibnall in his podcast he quite literally rips like rips into him and i mean not in a good way like he if he like i just can't explain it if you've ever listened to any of dan's f yeah doctor who podcasts you would know but he hates the guy with a passion so so yeah uh, help us get help us get Nerd Everybody tweet podcast with us. Dan Nerd Cubed on Twitter. <laughs> be like, hey, I don't want to harass Doctor him, podcast. but I'd love to do some Doctor Who content with him. <laughs> anyway, Leon has asked whether if we if we could rewrite the Army of the Dalek Time Lord humans, how would you make them more interesting? The Army of Dalek Time. Oh, the ones with the guns. The ones right at the end. The ones with the Tommy. How guns would I make there. them more interesting? Um, um, give them funny voices. I'd make them sound like Daleks. <laughs> But that wouldn't really work because they're still. But got that all the human again, parts. we've already got we've got face penises and pig people. I think that's not going to help the episode in the, in the long <laughs> term when the Dalek says exterminate and he goes, why, 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 why? Um, got that creamy peanut butter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> creamy peanut butter. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's such a weird tangent. If uh, no one's seen that video, they're going to be so weird. I know. Um, I would I honestly don't... say that I don't know how you would make them more interesting because I would argue they're already quite interesting, which is about as interesting as they would get because the concept of Dalek they're humans dead. has already been explored. It's the same kind of deal here. They're just people that want to kill and give an orders, but then they'll turn around and go, why? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they were done enough. And I think if they added in, in the same way, if they left a human Dalek in play and then they left human Time Lord Daleks in play, things would just get real messy yeah. real quick it's and kind also, of it's it's the beauty is the blessing and the curse of a dalek story is nine times out of ten it ends with either no daleks left supposedly or like just the daleks left mm-hmm. 
when they all escape and run off somewhere like they do I, like the end yeah. of the revelation of the Daleks like they just, I feel they like just go, yeah okay and they just go there's not really a lot you can do to change them because they are basically like the doctor says they're just shells of humans that are basically just waiting to be reinvigorated with a new genetic code and a new like electromagnetic pulse to set the brain and heart going again so really they are zombie human time lord dalek things and to be honest i think they're played out exactly how they should be because they talk slowly like a dalek does if you notice in like the first bit oh yeah yeah they, they still know. have that that aura and that sort of blank deadness in but their, i feel in like that's but... almost necessary to make them the new army because that's all they would ever be it's just this subservient they would, yeah they wouldn't race. go any further than than where they no. go which is out of the out of the basement into the theater and then onto the floor dead that, mm-hmm. that's all they needed to do really yeah jay jay has asked what our opinion is what our opinion is on the human dialect which i guess we've already covered and would we like to see more hybrid villains in the future um, um now bear in mind the last hybrid villain we had were the cyber lords yeah i was gonna say it was uh roger lloyd pack in no, the no. Cyberlords. Cyberlords. The Timeless Children. Oh, sorry, I thought you were referring to the last one we watched, not the last piece of crap. No. I mean, just in general, who? Let's... Yeah. Uh, mm, no. No. It's, it's, no. They can be conceptually interesting, but only if they're done right. And no. now when I hear the hybrid, <laughs> I just think of the whole hybrid thing from Series 9, which was dreadful. Which Hybrid just thing felt... from Series 9. The, the 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 hybrid the the time lord slash dalek thing and it turns out the hybrid was the doctor it was it was what so are you chatting what are you with, chatting with twelfth doctor sorry twelfth yeah twelfth doctor yeah Peter Capaldi Clara and me the hybrid the fact that you don't remember goes to show how rubbish that whole <laughs> I have. A whole it was a whole arc in series nine wait and it me? made no you're talking about a shoulder. Maisie, Maisie Williams, Williams character. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole thing made no flipping sense. Wait, so was and me was... supposed to be the hybrid? No, I, think, I think I think the hybrid was meant to be like the doctor and and companion or the doctor and Clara like right, specifically. Not being funny. It was another it was another classic let's plant some massive relevance to the the current hardest team and plonk it through Basically, the Basically when like, Stephen was... Moffat started going off piece a little bit. Um I mean, I... Russell, did it. Russell did it first, just saying. Oh, yeah. But what, as in Russell went off-piste first, or Russell, Russell, Russell did, did the a hybrid pretty, first? A pretty wanky, series-long arc about the TARDIS team. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not but, saying that Russell's yeah. perfect by any stretch. No, this God, is no. why I think all of the writers get to their end eventually, as big, or showrunners, should I say, because they all yeah. go a little bit off the rails. Um, but... I have basically erased 90% of Capaldi's episodes from my brain. Ah, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to getting back to them because... Probably about 30% of Matt Smith's episodes from my Capaldi brain. Capaldi um, is one of the best doctors. <laughs> so, at me, bro. from pretty much Capaldi onwards, I remember naff all about Doctor Who, and that includes <laughs> Jodie Whittaker's era that we've basically just lived through in the last two or three years. Like, if you told me an episode that wasn't horrendously awful i probably don't remember it and uh, that's a lot of them i guaranteed but 
I basically only read. I don't even remember some episodes from the series just gone. Like, come <laughs> on. Oh, so. no. But yeah, hybrid villains, I, they could be interesting. But off the top of my head, I couldn't think of any that I would overtly like to see. Cybermen plus Daleks, we've already had all that yeah. sort of vibe in Doomsday. And the dialogue is obviously hilarious. And it will just never happen. If we so. get any more Time Lord mashups with anything, I'm going to shoot him. Not Ch- <laughs> not not Russell, Chibnall. Yeah. But I don't think we will. I'm hoping, but we have two. We have two specials left. Let's see what happens. There's um, enough time. <laughs> Matt asks whether uh, do we think the ideas of the episode uh, were brought down by the visuals of human Dalek sec? Hmm. That's a it good is, point. Uh, as we've discussed, it's definitely a point of the episode that people point at to be like, this wasn't great. Uh huh. But I don't think it is so atrociously terrible that it completely negates the fascinating turmoil the Daleks go through in this episode. Mm. So I would say that no. I don't think it does. Yes, it is a bit strange. And looking back, it's like, yeah, I can see why this didn't land with people back in 2007, but I think in the grand scheme of the narrative, no, it doesn't detract from it. No, I think... It could have been, I feel like his his look, his outfit, his makeup, his costume, whatever you want to call it, definitely could have been toned down to be a bit more human with Dalek elements rather than just basically a head crab looking deal. <laughs> because he basically just literally looks like the Dalek has his head off and stuck his head in place of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only other bit that you actually see of this dude is his hands, and they're just a little bit crusty. So I feel like you probably could have just been a little bit more like the skin texture changed. Maybe you had a tentacle here or there, but his tentacles could have been coming from like his back or elsewhere to make it a little bit more like... <laughs> I am a triceratops. <laughs> I'm a with stegosaurus. A, with penis on my back. I feel like we didn't really need the singular eye thing to sort of represent the fact that he was a Dalek like we probably could have just had two eyes and understood that because I feel like that part of the makeup was maybe a little bit weird and that the brain was so prominent as well because it was just taking the design beats from the modern era Dalek but so yeah I guess yeah yeah. but yeah I think in the grand scheme of things no it, it didn't make all that much of a difference uh megan has asked whether we think um laszlo and Tallulah managed to stay together after the events of the episode or whether he left like he intended to to spare her from being seen with him mm, no i don't think so i think at that point you're supposed to believe that the fact that he's allowed to live in hooverville basically kind of means that she continued visiting him and they stayed a couple because otherwise what yeah. would kind of be the point of the doctor bringing him back to life exactly and i think the uh um, the fact that at first he didn't want to see him down in the sewers was down to the fact that he looked so horrible. Mm-hmm. After that point, when he kept trying to shrug her off, I think that was because, as he knows anyways, that they, they don't have a very long lifespan. And obviously, oh, by the course of the end episode, he's basically dying, or mm-hmm. he is dying. Yeah. And it's like, maybe it reached the point where he didn't want to be with her, not because she'd be repulsed by him, because it's like, you've already seen him. Yeah. He didn't want to let her see him die. Mm-hmm. 
That's 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 just a theory. Probably. A game theory. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, ben has asked about um, the way they portrayed Hooverville in the episode and also whether we'd have seen more of a human Daleks. And to be honest, we've... Just to, just, to, just to give a little shout-out to Ben. Hi, Ben. Thanks for sending a question in. We've kind of covered that already. Who's um, Ben? Do you know Ben? Just, it's, I don't know Ben. Oh, you're just a doing a shout-out. He's, he's taken the time to send us a tweet. And just oh, like, like the, what, what Ben has asked is like, we've already, we basically already answered that. So hopefully, <laughs> if, if you're listening, Ben, I'm assuming you are, um, we've, I guess we've kind of answered your yeah, question. Yeah, we've kind but, of answered your thank question. You for sending, thank you for sending a question and all the same. Like, if we have questions that come in that we've, we've basically already answered prior to looking at the questions, you know, I'll give you a little shout out and say hi. For just, just assume yeah. we answered it in response to your question. <laughs> just go back and just, I'll just go, there you go, Ben. Then just cut back to there. Yeah. And yeah. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Hannah has asked, uh, if this episode were made today, which young-ish actor would replace Andrew Garfield? Oh. Now you see, this is the kind of uh, the question I just don't know. No, I don't know. I just don't well know because I, I don't honestly watch enough other TV. It's like people have asked me, you know, who would you have as the next showrunner? Who would you have as the next Doctor? I'm like, I don't know. Not a clue. I have my unrealistic dreams for the Doctor that are not going to happen, but to be otherwise, honest, I don't know. I kind of feel like Andrew Garfield's character in this doesn't really need to be replaced by anybody substantial. The fact that it was Andrew Garfield was mainly just coincidence. The fact that he went on to be sort of Spider-Man and a few other massive roles and things like that. Yeah. Like, it kind of... And now apparently very good in Tick, Tick, Boom, which I still need to watch. Yes, we need to watch apparently that. Apparently he's very, very good in that. Um, But I feel like it wasn't really wholly relevant that it was Andrew Garfield. It just happened to be that he was cast in this, like, primarily to everything else. Yeah. Um, so it probably could just be a nobody. Um, I mean, yeah, again, I don't know actors very well. So not a clue, unfortunately. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Adam has asked whether he thinks, whether we think that New York has been overused in Doctor Who. Ooh. I think maybe that's probably come about because obviously we've had it new new york and then we've had new new york again and then we had new york mm -hmm. and then later on we got new york so i can understand that but i guess when else is it in when else are we in new york angels take manhattan oh yeah of course um i mean i suppose but then at the same time like it is one of the probably most major cities in the world it's one of the most famous cities in the world and also you've got london over and over again you've got cardiff over and over again it's mm -hmm. it's it's just a location that's it's iconic enough like you go to, you think of britain you think of big ben and london mm -hmm. so they're going to use london you think of america you think of new york I because i mean adam, yes. adam adam suggested you know la or paris and it's like yeah la is not as recognizable to, apart from walking down the, the hall the, the walk of fame or you know there's an alien living inside the hollywood sign you know it, it's it's kind of down to um it's just recognizable places basically mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say it's been overused necessarily. Like, I think it's reached the point now where if they go, we're going back to New York for an episode, I'm like, cool, whatever. I mean, yeah, I think it's because we've watched these, like, these happen in such quick succession between, like, series. It's like you said, it's New New York, then it's New New York, then it's New York. But um, the next time we're in New York isn't, like, it's quite a way away now. The next time we're in New York. Um, yeah. And for that to be the only other time that we're there, yeah, I kind of 
feel like that's fine because it's such a big gap between now and then and then we haven't seen it since like you said it's like we get so many episodes in london and it's just because it's british and i suppose yeah for people in britain new york is a for a lot of people it's a dream vacation destination it's an exotic place Yeah. yeah So, yeah, I wouldn't say that it's been overused. It's not the sonic screwdriver. Well, hey, uh, <laughs> Zelnok has asked whether we think Dalek's sex human form would be an evolution for the Dalek race, or is it I simply thought... devolving Dalek thought... sex? Shut up. I thought you um, said Dalek sexy human form. <laughs> I mean, are you telling me you wouldn't I'm want sorry. to have one of those six penises inside you? No. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Sorry, do can you, you think repeat the that, question? Do you think that Dalek sec apostrophe s human yeah. form would be an evolution for the Dalek race? Or is it devolving as he can now use technology and weapons that he couldn't have before, but he can't protect himself and doesn't have the Dalek gun stick? Hmm. It's a very interesting question. It is a very interesting say, question. Because it is looking at it from both the, you know the pros and the cons the pros are yes you know he can when he's when 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 he uh reveals one of the the the, the near death subjects to become a human dalek you know he like touches his head i, I kind of wish they played up on that a bit more to be like he can touch he can feel because david tennant says to the daleks and bear in mind when we saw them in evolution in um doomsday that's the first time tennant's doctor interacts with the daleks mm-hmm. and he mentions the whole thing about how they can't touch Daleks can't touch. Mm-hmm. And this is a Dalek being able to touch. touch. Like, they could have really played up on that. And yes, he can use technology. He picks up the radio after the Doctor uses it to escape the uh, laboratory. And it's like, he can touch, he can feel, he can pick things up. He can do that now. He can be in a laboratory, not awkwardly having their, their plunger stick replaced with a big syringe. He can do stuff. But then, mm-hmm. yeah, it also means he doesn't have this big-ass casing and doesn't have the Dalek gun stick to hand. Mm. So... I don't, mm, yeah, it's kind of a difficult one to answer because clearly the Daleks think it's devolving. Um, oh, yeah. Which is obviously the entire point of the episode. But, yeah, I don't. Uh, mm, uh, oh, it's a hard question. It's a very good question. Um, I personally would say that he. he probably is more of a devolution than an evolution because I agree with you on that one. um obviously like you said they can't protect themselves and his weaponry definitely would not be nowhere near as um strong um but also daleks have been bred to be a bit like the sontarans to be basically like war strategists like evil sort of hateful races and i think having that human emotion really brings into play the fact that he would then question the strategies of the dalek race and i think that would then put him on the back foot like the fact that he stops the doctor being killed countless times really means that they missed out on the opportunity to like they say, kill their kill the greatest enemy. Yeah. Um, so, would you say yeah. that as a as a Dalek, it's a devolution. As a Dalek, as a race, it's a devolution. It's yeah. an evolution. It's like a fish learning to walk. Uh huh. 
basically a Dalek can pick up and touch it. Like it makes them so much more malleable and yeah. and, and, and and you know, it, like you said, it gives it makes them so much more potential. Vulnerable. Yeah, but then yeah, on the flip side, it makes them more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Hence, why have to keep you know they have to keep using pig slaves to do their bidding. Like there's no way in hell they wrapped up all those humans and put them in little beddies no. and put them up into the ceiling by themselves. That was all the pig slaves. Just mm-hmm. saying. Um, Adam has asked whether Dalek sex should have survived. Mm, no. Also, no. No. Because again, as much as Zelnok's question about whether it's an evolution or devolution, that's the kind of thing you would explore over more time. But something like Dalek sex being a human would not have been carried forward. No. As much as people couldn't... would have been worried that this is how the Dalek's going to be from now on. Nah. It it's too much used. of a change. It's no. Too much of an uh, a people. Yeah, but it's also too much of an emotional heavyweight to be able to actually explore it consistently across episodes. Like, And also it, logistically, uh, Dalek, Dalek prop versus lots and lots of makeup. Yeah. Which one's easier? Uh-huh. The Dalek prop. And also, in terms of actual Dalek functionality, he can't teleport. He can't shoot a gun. He can't expand. You know, he can't do... There's so many things that he cannot do that is imperative to the Daleks succeeding that we see time and time again. He can't fly upstairs. He can't, like, come to outer floors of a building and shoot through the window. Like, there's so many things that he wouldn't be able to do that the Daleks rely upon to be the sort of best killer of war machines in the universe. So I would argue... He definitely should have died because it gives Helen time to explore this character over a double episode, which she does very well. And you get to see that um, evolution take place and sort of the the uh, development of emotions and all that kind of stuff that we've talked about. But yeah, it just wouldn't have worked going forwards because what would they have done with him? They'd have probably made him a slave and that would have been it. Like, it wouldn't have just wouldn't have worked really no but there was definitely there was was already an interesting story there so i don't feel like they could have i don't i don't clamor for more of dalek sec as much as as we've discussed already there could have been avenues they could have gone down with dalek sec moving forward and how he opposes the daleks as we know and love them so but yeah it didn't necessarily need to survive and then (laughs) liam finally asks about uh whether you find it kind of interesting that andrew garfield got one of his earlier acting roles in Doctor Who and has gone on to be Spider-Man and doing stuff in Tick, Tick, Boom and get nominated for an Oscar in The Social Network and so on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's necessarily weird. It, it, it happens. People, I mean, a lot of fight, actors... People work their way up. A lot of actors are in Doctor Who that you look at and you go, oh, that's that person. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like if you watch something like uh, Rogue One or uh, The Theory of Everything and you go and watch Unicorn and the Wasp in Series 4, oh, look, it's Felicity Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it happens. It happens. That you find you find actors, actors that go work. on to do mega things. I mean, <laughs> Karen Gillan was cast as Amy Pond and no one knew her and now she's Nebula in the MCU. Yeah. It's you like, it, it happens. It happens. And Andrew Garfield's character in this, uh, Frank, he's, he's great. He's a, lovable, like he's a lovable character. And it's Andrew Garfield, so... Hell yeah, mm-hmm. that's the that's the simping. That's where the simping is gonna wrap up today. Mm-hmm. I think. So. Have we got any more questions? That was a lot of questions. That that was a lot of questions, but no, that that's all the questions. So uh, thank you for the questions. And if you do have any more questions uh, regarding next week's episode, next week's next times episode, mm-hmm. which is the Lazarus experiment, Mister Mister Gatus, here he is in the flesh. Did he write uh, this episode or did he just star in it? 
I am going to assume that he wrote it. For some reason, I always think he wrote it, but... He did not write it. Who did? Was it a Moffat episode? It was not. No, Moffat did Blink, didn't he? Stephen Greenhorn wrote it. Oh, okay, so so somebody completely different. It's uh, it's it's not a mo- it's not a Gatus. Uh, it's just because he's in uh, it. Gatus written thing. Fair. So yeah, it's just because he's in it. But yeah, that's uh, that's going to be next time uh, where we look at the Lazarus experiment. And if you do have any questions for us, then please let us know over on Twitter at Castapod, or if you're on my lovely YouTube channel. Hello. Hi. Um, over nine thousand subscribers now. <gasps> getting you know edging hey. towards ten. Oh boy. And you got any questions for us there? Then uh, let us know in the comment section below. And um, yeah, ten k subs. I'm going to do a Q and A. By the way. Very exciting. Q&A about anything, not just Doctor Who. Absolutely oh, do I get to be part of that or are you showing me up? Uh, you can go away. Okay, bye. Where, if, you don't want, if you don't want Amy to go away, where can they find you, Amy, on your socials? You can find me at Ames underscore Elizabeth. Best place to follow me is probably on Instagram because I do not tweet. You and if I do, it's very boring. rare. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter and on uh, Instagram, that's the one. At Pick Change Toe. And on Twitch, at Rich's Live. I build theme parks and mm-hmm. swear at stuff. So if you want to hear uncensored, unfiltered me, then <laughs> you can go to Twitch. I mean, it's pretty unfiltered on this. We just don't swear yeah. as best we can. Yeah. It does happen sometimes, but yeah. So yeah, next time, Lazarus Experiment. Tweet us at Castapod if you've got any questions regarding that. But until we see you again, thank you very much for listening and or watching. If you've just been transfixed by the, uh, the waveform that takes... Yes. flipping hours to get out of after effects you're <laughs> welcome um thank you for listening and or watching and forgot to even say it happy new year oh yeah happy 2022 this is our first episode of 2022 we yeah. are recording this on january the 5th. 5th uh so yeah happy new year i hope you all had the best holiday you could have under the circumstances. And, and Merry Christmas as well, because we've not done an episode since Christmas, have we? Yeah, so... So, yeah. Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas New Year. Christmas and New Year, we're good. And uh, do you want to get married next year? <gasps> yeah, not to... He's not asking that to the viewers. That was a specifically not to you. me so, question. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's a question for Amy. But thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, take care of yourselves as per... See you next time for the Lazarus Experiment. Be good! Enjoy. We'll see you guys soon. See ya! Bye! <laughs>